Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning to you who are joining us online or good afternoon, depending on where you are. Um, It's neat, uh, you know, that we're all connected in the spirit, regardless of where we are. I have a small group that meets on Tuesdays, and uh, we have people in England, people in Florida, people in Fort Worth, and people in Canada now in that group, which is really neat. I kind of love that. But it's good to be here this morning, good to see all your smiling faces, good to be with you online. We are in the third and final week of a mini-series called ID Check. Now let me give credit where credit is due. The inspiration for this series came from an old Rick Warren message. His wasn't a series, but it inspired the series for me. So ID Check Part 3. Anyone ever been ID'd? Yeah, we, we all, I mean, pretty much all of us, right, have been ID'd at some point or another. I mean, it's a part of our lives, right from birth, right? Shortly after birth, you're issued a birth certificate. It becomes your ID. Then at some point, you get a social security card. And in England, it's a national insurance card, a social insurance card in, in Canada. And then at some point you get a driver's license, right? Or you hope to get a driver's license, and that becomes your ID. And if you travel internationally, you get a passport. At one point, I had three passports, a U.S. passport, a Canadian passport, and a British passport, um, because I have three citizenships. And it can get confusing. You know, people will ask sometimes, some of you have asked, where are you from? I detect an accent, and it all depends who I've been hanging around for a while, what accent it is. And I always have the same response these days. I I always throw it right back at them. What do you think? And uh, often I get, I guess the the number one answers are Scottish, Irish, Australian. So I tell them I'm German. That throws them off. (laughs) Even people in the UK where I came from uh, ask me where I'm from. You know, I was doing a little bit of math because, you know, we spent first years in, in England, then we were in Canada for a number of years, and then down here. So on March the 15th, next year, 2025, the U.S. will be the longest place I've ever lived. So just over a year to go, and, and I'll have a new record, the USA. <laughs> if you don't kick me out, that is. <laughs> you know, but but... More important than where you are from, or where are you from, is who are you now? You see, who you are now is so much more important than who you were. And that's what this this mini-series is all about. If you're a follower of Christ, you have been issued a new ID. The Bible says you are a new creation in Christ Now, I want to just talk about this word, in Christ, or this phrase, in Christ. You know, that's the number one descriptor in the New Testament of followers of Jesus Christ. Christian, I was looking through the Bible that I'm using right now, it's only in there two times. In Christ was in there 90-something times. It's the number one descriptor of followers of Christ. They are in Christ. So once you're in Christ, your new identity is found in Christ. And the Bible teaches that once we are in Christ, we can never not be in Christ. Once you've given your life to Jesus, that's a done deal. He has you. You, you, you're, you're his and you're his forever. 
But Satan, the great deceiver, if he can't steal your soul, wants to mess with your identity. He doesn't want you to see yourself as someone who is in Christ. He'll talk about who you were and deceive you into thinking who you can never become. He is the great liar. He is the deceiver. He will make you doubt who you are in Christ so that he can strip you of your blessing, steal your joy and neutralize your potential. He doesn't want you active in this kingdom of God. So let's take you out of the picture. Let's fill you with guilt and whatever else it, it, he needs to do to take us out of the picture. So for the last three weeks, we've been doing an identity check. We all need to do an identity check every so often. We need to get back to basics and, and see ourselves who we are in Christ. It's kind of like a spiritual immunity boost. And every so often we need this immunity boost. I need to be immune to Satan and his attacks. And I've got to just remember who I am in Christ. So that when he comes at me, I can come right back at him. Now that's not me. That was me, but that's not me. I am new in Christ. Get out of here, buddy. You have no hold over it. He has no hold over you except that that you give him. So don't give him any ground. That's what this is all about. So, we've got a theme verse for the year, 1 Peter 2.9. And it begins with, but you are not like that. You who are in Christ, you are not like those who live in darkness. You were, but you're not now. You're not like those who live in fear. You don't have to live in fear. You know, it's, it's dark right now, isn't it, in the world? You know, you, as you look ahead, there's a lot of... People are afraid of what's going to happen. You have no need to be afraid. You can't change anything anyway. But you're in Christ. That's all that matters. And you know, the darker it gets, the brighter the light shines. And you're in Christ. You don't, but you're not like that. You don't need to live in fear. You have a hope. And he continues on. He says, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. That's who you are. You are in Christ. His fingerprints are upon you. You are his, a new creation. And as a new creation, there, there are identifiable characteristics that differentiate you from who you were and those who are not in Christ. Five fingerprints of your identity in Christ. Now, I gave you two last week, but I'm going to go over them real quick. This is in your outline. Anybody need an outline? Anyone not get an outline? One over there. Anybody else? One over here. Keep your hands up so he can see you. Two over here, Bob. Anyone else? Yep. All right. So the first two I gave you last week, in Christ, that's kind of our thing of the day. In Christ, you are acceptable. We become acceptable to the Lord when we choose Christ. It's like we say to, to Jesus, I choose you. He says, I choose you. We say, I accept you. He says, I accept you. This is a good thing. You're acceptable in Christ. If we say yes to him, he says yes to us. 
If we choose him, he chooses us. But even better than simply being acceptable, in Christ you are valuable. Value is determined by the price that somebody will pay for something, right? You have been bought and paid for with the blood of Christ, with the life of Christ. You are extremely valuable. That's what you're worth in God's eyes. Which brings us to these last three fingerprints that we're going to go over this morning. So let me finish off the scripture. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Once you had no identity as a people, you were not in Christ, but now as God's people, you are in Christ. In Christ, we are part of God's family, and as part of his family, we are lovable. That's your next fingerprint. You are lovable. You are acceptable. You are valuable, and you are lovable. Why? Because God is love. God is love, and we are created in his image. Therefore, we are lovable. In Christ, we become God's peeps. We're part of God's family now. And we are completely lovable, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. Romans eight thirty eight and 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's that phrase again. Nothing will be able to separate us from God's love because God's love is in Christ and we are in Christ. I love these descriptors here. Neither death nor life. Neither angels nor demons. Neither the present or the future, and let me have one, or even the past. You know, sometimes people don't always feel lovable. You get a group of people, people that are watching online, you know, people have experiences in their lives, and and sometimes they just simply don't feel lovable. Often through no fault of their own, things that have happened to them, things that have been said, things that have been done, lies that have been given to them, Hurts that they've experienced. And they don't feel lovable. We live in a broken world, don't we? And as a result of this brokenness. You may not feel or believe that you are lovable. In fact, you might even think you don't deserve love. But in God's eyes, being in Christ, you are absolutely lovable. And what I love about God's truth, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you believe even. His truth is still the truth. And you could tell yourself that you're not lovable, but you are. Because that's his truth. And nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. It is unconditional, unfailing, and everlasting. Jeremiah 31.3 says, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. 
With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. You are acceptable because you accepted God's son. Now you are in Christ. You are valuable because in Christ you are God's possession. You are lovable because in Christ you are God's people. And the reason that you become all of those things is the fourth fingerprint. In Christ you are forgivable. It says once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. You are forgiven. All of those things in the past, even the present and the future that may make you in your mind feel unlovable or even behave in an unlovable way, they are all forgiven and erased by God in Christ. You know, it's the most It's the most wonderful and also at the same time, the most confounding, unfair aspect of being in Christ. Because I don't know about you, but we can, most of us can think of someone who doesn't deserve forgiveness. Maybe someone you know personally or, or someone that you've read about, people that have done evil things and you think, I, I want them to get justice. I don't want them to be forgiven. Because they deserve justice. It's so difficult. The problem is we all deserve justice. We all deserve retribution for our wrongdoing. It's only right and only fair. And yet in Christ, instead, we receive grace and mercy. Even better, the Bible says that God chooses to not even remember our wrongdoing. Isn't that awesome? Isaiah 43.25 says, I, even I, this is God talking. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And remembers your sin no more. It's like God says, you know what? That stuff just sickens me so much. I don't even want to think about it. I'm putting it over there. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to think about it. One verse says, as far as the east is from the west, he has separated us, us from our sins. The east never meets the west, does it? It's opposite. When you accept forgiveness and ask for forgiveness in Christ, God is merciful to forgive. Unconditionally and eternally. And you cannot fall out of forgiveness. And he chooses to forget. I wish I could do that. I seriously do. I wish I could just put aside all the things of the past. The things that, that people have done to me. Or maybe even that I've done. And just forget it. Just clean sheet. Just start over. I don't. I just love what it says. For his sake. It'd be for my sake to forget those things. I feel better when I don't think about those things. Now, there's an important caveat in all of this. Does this mean that God turns a blind eye to sinfulness? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That would not be merciful. A good parent corrects their children. They don't let them carry on in the road that's going to hurt them. God corrects his children. Proverbs 3.12 says, For the Lord corrects those he loves. Just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. When we say yes to Jesus, we become acceptable to God. 
just as we were in that moment. We don't have to become, we don't have to get our act cleaned up. We don't have to get our lives all together, get to this place where, where I'm acceptable because I'm so good that God has no choice to accept me. That's not the case. He says, I accept you as you are, but I love you too much to leave you as you are. And so this journey begins of him cleaning up our lives. And, and I've shared this before. I've talked about this in the past. For me, it's like, there's Jesus. He's the light, right? And he's a bright light. It says, I called you out of darkness into light. And when we enter into this relationship, there's the light. But I'm still on this journey to Jesus. Jesus is down there and I'm, I'm here. But every time Jesus does something in my life, he's starting to clean me up. I take a step closer. And as I get closer, the light's a little bit brighter. Now the light's a little bit brighter. All of a sudden it's like, ooh. <laughs> and Jesus says, what's that there? I was like, ooh, I don't we need to clean that up, Mike. And he begins to work on you. and you, That gets cleaned up. You take another step closer. Now the light's a little bit brighter. Uh-oh. And that's the journey as we just continue into this light of, of, of Jesus cleaning us up. He sets us on a new path. But if we stray from that path, as we are apt to do, he doesn't just let us go. He corrects us. He brings us back. Sometimes it's gently with a word, maybe a scripture, or he brings somebody into our life. Mike, what do you think you're doing? Is that good for you? No, it's not. And sometimes he whacks us around the head with a holy two by four. There are consequences to our sinful behavior, but God's correction is always for our ultimate good. Let's get to this final fingerprint. He accepts us. He values us. He loves us. He forgives us. Why? Because it it is his desire that no one be left out. That no one stay in the dark. He wants everyone to be in Christ. And we, you and I, are the instrument that he uses to display his wonderful love, grace, and mercy to the world. And that's the last fingerprint. In Christ, we are capable. Let's go back to our theme verse for the year, 1 Peter 2.9. But you're not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So I hope this is starting to take shape for you here. If not, let me paint this picture for you again. Your ID in Christ. You are totally accepted. Extremely valuable. Eternally loved. Completely forgiven. Fully capable. God has bestowed upon you. As a result, sorry, as a result. Read what it says, Mike. (laughs) You can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. God has bestowed upon you all of these wonderful attributes for the purpose of using you to show others his goodness. That's the why. In essence, you're a minister. 
That's who you are. Each and every one of us, we are all ministers. Let me explain. The scripture here says royal priest. Well, a priest does two things. A priest represents people to God and represents God to people. That was the role of the priest. And God says, you are fully capable of doing this. This is why you don't have to to go to a priest to confess. Because you are a priest. You don't have to go to a priest to get forgiveness. Because you are a priest. You're a priest, a royal priest. That means a priest of the highest order. This is the title that, that Jesus, that God, has bestowed upon you, each and every one of us. It's a little bit intimidating, isn't it? Anybody feel intimidated by this? A moment of honesty. No? You're even afraid to raise your hand. There you go. (laughs) It is bestowed upon us for God's purpose to go out into the world and represent God to the world. And to come before God and represent the world to God. I like the word minister. It's less confusing, it's less intimidating, and it brings more clarity to the role, I believe. You know, if somebody were to say to me, how many priests do you have at Lakeway? Well, about 120 if they all show up. (laughs) The word that we use in our, our membership class, our 101 class, is ministers. We are all ministers. So let me tie this all together. Everybody is called by God to minister in some form or other for the purpose of showing others, all others, even people you don't like, all others, the goodness of God. That's what the theme is this year, called. Everybody is called by God to minister in some form or other. Don't minimize what you do. It's all part of our calling, no matter how small your task might be, for the purpose of showing others, all others, the goodness of God. So we began the year with TOG, T-A-W-G, time alone with God. We ask God to slow us. Can I tune into you, God? I need to hear your voice in the rush of the world and the noise of the world and all of the stuff that's coming at us on the TV and on the internet. I need to tune into you, God. Would you just slow me down? Tune me in. I need you to know me. Come in, God. Know me thoroughly. Know me intimately. And I need you to show me. Show me those things that you want to do. Show me those things that you want to change. Show me your love. And then we said, God, I need you to grow me. I want you to grow me. This series, this mini-series builds on that. In order for us to grow, we've got to do this ID check. It's like, grow me, God, open my eyes. Let me see who I am in Christ. You've taken me out of darkness into your wonderful light, continue to grow me, God. And now we begin to move into the next phase, which is called. It's the theme of our men's retreat next week. 
It's the theme of the sermon here next week. It's the theme for us as a body throughout the rest of the year. We are called, called to minister. And that, that verse, 1 Peter, can you go to the next slide, please? Oh, did I miss one? Go back then. Do we have the scripture up there? Can you go find? There it is. Thank you. I've asked you to learn this. I want to encourage you to learn this scripture. It's really not that difficult. You might think, eh, it's really not that difficult. I mean, the way, the way I do it, I haven't learned it yet myself. So last night, I knew I was going to be preaching this, so I just kind of ran through it. Like, But you are not like that. Okay, I'm not like that. You see, you've got to personalize it. You are not like that. That's easy to remember, right? But you're not like that. For you are a chosen people. I'm chosen. I'm not like that. I'm chosen. So I personalize it and I think about what does it mean. But you are not like that. You are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Royal priests, holy nation, God's own possession. Royal priests, holy nation, God's own possession. Okay. But you are not like that. You are a chosen people. You are holy priests. What's the next bit? A holy nation. God's own possession. So see, I'm not looking at the screen. I'm just trying to work this in my mind. As a result, because of this, you can show others the goodness of God. I can show other people the goodness of God. Because I'm royal priest, a holy nation, God's own possession. I can show other people the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness. He called me out of darkness into his wonderful light. You just do that three, four times. You'll get the core of what this verse is. And then the address, 1 Peter 2.9. 1 Peter 2.9. But you're not like that. You're a holy people. God's, okay. You're a holy people. Go on. Now you have it, you're reading it, aren't you? Chosen, holy nation, God's possession. Royal priest, Miss Royal Priests, okay. But you see how it goes. You just start doing this and you just start thinking about it and soon it becomes a part of you. And as it becomes a part of you, you begin to own it and then you begin to live it. That's why this is so important to memorize scripture. Now I've got three questions I want to leave you with to finish up this series. Three questions to consider as we move into the next phase of calls. Number one, called, how do I become the best minister that I can be? God, I want to be the best. If you've given me, empowered me, I'm accepted, I'm valued, I'm loved, I'm forgiven. And I'm capable. God, you've chosen me. You've called me out of darkness into light. How can I be the best minister that I can possibly be? And then the next step, how can I help others? And I personalized it for you. How can I help you? So you're thinking of someone. How can I help you become the best minister you can be? So I want to be the best minister I can be. And the part of the way I can be the best minister I want to be, I can be is to help you be the best minister you can be. These things work together. And then the third question, how can I most effectively show others the goodness of God? Today, tomorrow, this week, this year, into eternity. How can I most effectively show others the goodness of God? So three questions for you to ponder this week. 
Now, it's only 11.16, and I'm done here. Martha. (laughs) So I'm going to talk for about 15 minutes. (laughs) So you've got 10 minutes to sit and look at that verse. And memorize the verse. And I'll tell you what, if we really did that, I'm not going to make you sit here for 10 minutes. In 10 minutes, you would leave here with pretty much that verse in your mind. You might not have it word for word, but you'll have the concept, you'll have the idea, and you'll begin to make it part of who you are. So I'm asking you to learn that verse. Who's, who's willing to do this? I like that. Are you willing to do this online? Let me know if you're willing to do it online because you're part of this too. doesn't matter where you are. You're not like that. You're a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result... You can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. 1 Peter 2, 9. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks. We thank you, for you have made us in Christ acceptable to you. Valuable to you. Lovable to you. Forgivable. And capable. Father I thank you for you have called each one of us. Out of darkness and into your wonderful light. So that we can go and minister to other people. And show them your goodness. That as many as possible. It's not your desire that one should be cast aside. That one should be left out. You want everybody to be in Christ. Father let us be those people. Wherever we work. Where we live. In our families. With our friends, let us be those people, Father. Let us be those people who bring your light and your goodness into the darkness. Father, we live in a dark world and it's getting darker by the day. But the darker it gets, the brighter the light shines. May we be that light. May we bring your hope to hopeless people. May we bring your good news to people that just constantly get bad news. And Father, fill us up with your Holy Spirit. That it is beyond us. It is you that shines in us and through us and to us. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Kyle, sir. All right. Can I uh, get those that are going to take up the offering to come up to the front, please? Um, Then I'm going to go through the announcements as well while we go around and take up that offering. Um, The real reason why we have 10 minutes is so I can spend 10 minutes talking. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that. I'll be brief today so you guys can be dismissed. Um, But I will just want to bring your attention again uh, on the, the, the seat back in front of you. I mentioned in the beginning of the service, there's a welcome card. So if you are a guest for the first time, just put that in the offering basket as it goes around so we have record of your attendance. Um, if you have a prayer request, there's a prayer request card as well. If you want to you know, put a prayer down, we can uh, pray for you as a church. If you want Pastor Mike to pray for you only, there's a, uh, an option for a private prayer request by your pastor. Um, 
And so, yeah, with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, pray over our offering and then uh, go over announcements, and then we'll be dismissed. So, Lord, we thank you for today, again, just coming to your house and just being able to worship you. Um, we just pray, Lord, that you would allow us to give what you've given us. Um, whether it be a little or a lot, you are the one calling us to give. So, Lord, I pray that those who um, give back uh, to the church would be used for your goodness, that we'd be able to continue to share your message to our community and be an impact and change in the world around us. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, also, too, with with the offering, I forgot to mention, so you can do the offering online as well through lakewayonline.org. You can put cash, coin, or check in the basket. Uh, there's also a little uh, uh, envelope that you can put in there if you want us to you know, be able to keep that for record attendance reasons. Um, or bill pay through the bank. You can do that as well. Um, for the announcements today, um, there's a few things on the uh, bulletin behind the bulletin that you have in front of you. Today um, is the last day to sign up uh, for the prayer and meal prov- uh, provision or the providing of meals for Kairos. Um, Randy, is that with you today? Okay. Well, it says today, so I guess today, go ahead and sign up. is just another one of the many days that we have. Um, and then we have on the February 24th from 5 p.m. to 8.30, we have a family movie night. Um, it's welcome for all ages to come and have food and fun and a sing-along and uh, watch Encanto. I have an old Bolton? Yep, I think so. Yep. No, it's the same one. February 11th. Huh. How about that? Well, it was pretty accurate because I'm following the... All right, well... So you guys set me up to fail, I guess. I got that was Bob's fault. He's the one that gave me that bulletin. Okay, all good, all good. Doesn't matter whose fault it was. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> see, that's why we had ten minutes. So I could keep talking. Um, <laughs> so, pastors' welcome lunch on March the third at twelve p.m. Um, for those that are interested in learning more about Lakeway, um, I asked you to go see Sandra Bishop if you haven't already. Right there behind you. You can stand up again. No, I don't think anybody turned around. So anyone that's been coming for the last three months or so, um, we're going to feed you. Yeah, those are the main things, food. Um, and then we also have on March the 3rd at 12 p.m., Secret Sister Reveal. Um, for more information on that, you can see Nancy Lopez or Kelly Leal. Um, the location is on that as well in your bulletin. And then March 17th is our 101 membership class. So that's uh, anyone interested in becoming a member at Lakeway, if you want to learn more about what the church is about, uh, we invite you to come to that as well. So more information to come. And then July 1st through 5th is youth camp. So that's in July. So we're just trying to put that in there. So I won't go too deep into that right now. But uh I think other than that, uh, I think we're good to go. Men's retreat. Oh, yeah, men's retreat. Well, you took my bulletin that I marked on, so I had all my notes and everything. I should have given that back. But, yeah, so men's retreat is uh, this weekend. So you can still sign up. Um, go ahead and see Bob Chesney for that, or you can see me. I can help you get set up, too. And then directly after this, as soon as I pray us out, if you're a man and you're coming to the men's retreat, five minutes, maybe four we're going to do a quick brief on what to bring and what to be prepared for so you guys are aware. Okay? Let's pray and we'll let you guys go. All right? 
Lord, thank you so much for today, for allowing us to come to church and just worship you. Thank you for the message. I pray, Lord, that we would take what Mike gave us through your spirit and we would apply it to our lives and that we would become more and more like you. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for redeeming us. And thank you for saving us. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. Thanks, guys.